I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode of Street Soldiers on cryptocurrency and NFTs. You've probably heard about all of this, but like me, you may not know a lot about it and you want to find out because it's all over social media, it's all over regular media, and a lot of people are talking about it. And we want to really break the whole thing down for you. We have an amazing panel to do just that. Joining me for this episode, Cherie L. Smith. She's the editor-in-chief of Laptop Magazine. Cherie, great to have you with us. Pleasure to be here, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also with us is Michael Del Castillo. He's the senior editor at Forbes. Michael, great to have you with us. Thanks for hosting. Thank you so much. Also joining us is Mark C. Smith. He's a senior vice president of investments for Wells Fargo Advisors. Mark, great to have you with us. Hey, thanks, Lisa. Mark, I want to start with you on this. What exactly is cryptocurrency and is it the same thing as Bitcoin? Yeah, so cryptocurrency is basically a, a bunch of currencies like Bitcoin that make up um, a new universe of uh, electronic money, right? And so that's where we want to start from is like cryptocurrency uh, really was derived uh, in the last you know, 10, 15 years out of blockchain technology, which allows uh, there to be an open ledger anywhere in the world. A computer can go in and see different trades that happen with all the different cryptocurrencies. Bitcoin is just one of the many, and it allows for there to be, historically, we've had to have banks be the arbiter of how much money we all have as a society or individually, correct? And so what, you want, what you're seeing now is that you're taking that power out of the banks and putting it into this open ledger system with using blockchain technology. So Bitcoin is basically an offshoot of blockchain technology, which allows you to have a certain currency of Bitcoin that you can mine. There's only a certain amount of them out there. And when you mine them, they were given a value that the community of people who buy Bitcoin um, you know, put um, and attribute it with. So okay, that's- Okay, Mark, let me, yeah. we're, we're gonna talk, let's, let's talk about that. We'll talk, get into the value, but Sheree, I wanna bring you in here. When we hear this term, because some of this is gonna also be just us understanding the terminology that's used with this. Blockchain, what is, a, what is a blockchain and blockchain technology? Um, blockchain is basically a digital database, but unlike a regular database, um, the information is gathered in chunks or blocks, and it's spread over a bunch of nodes um, by a bunch of systems. So uh, when you have people saying that they're mining for crypto or like they're basically giving their power, their processing power to the blockchain to help build out the blockchain. So once the information is uh, compiled, enough information is compiled, that closes up the block and the next um, round of information uh, creates another block and that creates the chain. It makes for a very secure system. So, uh, you know, you don't have a robber baron coming to try to take your monies. <laughs> Michael, in terms of the different types of currency, are there different types of cryptocurrency? Like we have the US dollar, we have the Euro, those you know different types of currencies for different countries. What what do we have in cryptocurrency? Yeah, there's definitely different types of cryptocurrency. Uh, Bitcoin is one type of that cryptocurrency. It's the best known. Um, it's the largest by market value, um, and it's the oldest. Um, but there are uh, over a thousand different kinds of cryptocurrency, depending on how you count it. Um, but importantly, not all of them actually have value. Um, it's really easy to make a cryptocurrency. All you have to do is copy some code that's available on the internet and give it a name and you can call it your own cryptocurrency. I could make a Michael cryptocurrency pretty easily and for free. 
The trick is that no one would use it. So what we really are talking about here when we talk about the cryptocurrencies that you see in the news are the top 10, 20, maybe 50 cryptocurrencies by market value. And uh, that, that collectively they're worth uh, on any given day between two and $3 trillion nowadays. Um, but almost all of that value is in Bitcoin and it gets exponentially smaller as you go down from there. All right, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about this cryptocurrency marketplace. Our banks are regulated. The stock exchange is regulated. But who's in charge of making sure cryptocurrency is not a scam? We're going to find out what our guests have to say when we come back. Hey, what up, y'all? This is Lloyd, the King of Hearts. And this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 9-7. You dig? Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We're talking about cryptocurrency and NFTs. Are they for you? Do you need to understand them better like I do? That's what we're doing with this episode. And we have an amazing panel to help us really get up to speed on this and understand what it's all about. Joining me is Cherie L. Smith. She is the editor-in-chief of Laptop Magazine. Cherie, great to have you with us. Great to be here, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also with us is Michael Del Castillo. He's a senior editor of Forbes. Michael, great to have you with us. Thank you so much, Lisa. Good to be here. Thank you. Also joining us is Mark C. Smith. He's a senior vice president for investments uh, at Wells Fargo Advisors. Mark, great to have you with us. Hey, thanks, Lisa, for the opportunity. Mark, one of your, you're entrusted with investing people's money and hard-earned money and hard, you know, save money. What, who, what can you tell us about who runs cryptocurrency? Like, who oversees it to make sure that people aren't just scamming other people? You know, so that's kind of, you know, kind of the beauty around blockchain technology is that it's this open ledger. So everyone's kind of looking at, at it um, and monitoring it all together as a, as a community, right? And so that is what's kind of so powerful about the technology. Uh, before you had it into a few institutions' hands, this type of technology to let people know, Michael has money, Ms. Smith has money, Lisa has money, this is how much money they have. Now it's all out there for everyone to see who's trading what, where the Bitcoin um, are. And so that in itself is security. Um, it's an, it, it, and basically the way it's coded, it's impossible to um, in, uh, to get it out and find out. Okay, um, I can copy the Lisa's uh, token. Let me go take her money and run, right? Because every single code is unique and it's almost impenetrable to to find out who has what. In fact, uh, studies have shown that four billion Bitcoin right now. Uh, are unaccessible because people lost their tokens and how to and how to find it right so that's about 20 percent believe it or not of the bitcoin market owners bought the coins can't get them back because that's how secure this platform is wow. um and you can look and you can google these stories are phenomenal about how much money is actually out there people just lost their code can't remember the password to their your laptop money, the crypto and Bitcoin is gone because that's how security well, is. Well, let so. me ask, Michael, in, in terms of, take us through the process. Somebody buys like a big, we think of Bitcoin and we think of like, oh, is this like, you know, you're buying that, you know, gold, gold investment or the solid gold coin or whatever it is. Take, take us through, take us through the buying process. So uh, there's a couple different ways that you can buy it depending on how much you trust yourself. Uh, and I think trusting yourself is a really crucial component of of, of, of doing this process. Um, if you're really, really new to buying cryptocurrency, you're probably want, going to want to go to a trusted cryptocurrency exchange um, from a brand that you know and trust. 
uh, maybe a brand that your friends and family have been using for a long time. Uh, but the important thing here is that that trust needs to be established over time. Um, and these um, so-called centralized exchanges um, will do a lot of the difficult work for you. And you can go on uh, much like you would buy a pair of shoes or a hat, um, put your credit card in, type in how much cryptocurrency you want to buy, um, and it will fill a, a, a digital wallet, so to speak, uh, or the, the equivalent of, an, of a bank account um, with that much worth of cryptocurrency. Um, now, when these trusted setups with exchanges that you know and rely on, um, if you lose your password uh, or otherwise access to your account, there's a process in place similar to a bank that will help you recover that. Um, but to Mark's point, not everybody can do that. And the people that have been unable to uh, recover their cryptocurrency usually went for a method of acquisition that relied on a little more technical knowledge. Um, you can buy Bitcoin directly from another human being. You can buy Bitcoin directly from a stranger online. Um, and the way that you do that is by getting access to what's called the private key. Um, the private key gives you the ability to move Bitcoin, to spend Bitcoin, um, uh, or to save Bitcoin. Um, and then the, the public key lets other people add Bitcoin to your amount. But importantly, if you've gone through this, this second way of buying Bitcoin uh, directly from a person or directly uh, from a, a, somebody online who offers you the private key, if you lose that private key, or if somebody sells you a fake private key, um, there's no recompense. There's, like there's nowhere no, there's you no can complaint go. Board. There's no complaint board. Sheree, what, what, what about that with the, the, the exactly. private key, you lose it? The, what about that? What do you think of uh, in terms of that that technology? Because I'm I'm really am starting to get a little confused here. Well, basically, um, so to Mark and Michael's point, there are places that you should like if you are a beginner and just thinking about dabbling in crypto. Coinbase is a good place to go. Um, Robinhood does it for free. Um, PayPal's even starting to let you purchase crypto. So, like places that you know that will actually give you a little bit of tech support because um, we've actually we actually have articles on um, Laptop Mag that talk about how uh, which companies give you tech support, and the answer is shockingly few. So you really want to be careful when you're investing your money like this. Um, and if you're using a digit, if you're using a digital wallet, if you they also have physical wallets where you can put the crypto on an encrypted physical key, make sure that you write down that pat that password somewhere, tattoo it on your body, something because there are like what immediately comes to mind is this story um earlier in the year with this guy literally lost two million dollars because he could not remember the password for his for his physical key and you could only like and everyone's like well oh we'll send it send it to a developer to um or a hacker to so they can um brute force their way in this key only gave you five tries and if you messed up after five tries everything gets away so it's either he really he goes to hypnotherapy and tries to remember that password or he's out of 
two two million dollars, but nobody's going to sit there and say, "Yeah, let's take let's spin the wheel and try." <laughs> so he's 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 really really got to think about it. But for right now, he's lost two million dollars because just, he cannot. Just like that. It. Just like just like that. Yeah, I would I would even interject there though. Uh, I I think that um, to, to to Miss Miss point that there's shockingly few exchanges um, that have. Uh, tech support, that's not necessarily a bug. In fact, a lot of people, that's a feature. Um, uh, I, I think that the, the, the important thing to remember about cryptocurrency um, is it was designed to give you ownership over your assets. Um, it was designed so that you could hold and store your value without reliance on a bank, without reliance on a middleman. If you, if you want to spend a little extra money, um, and, and have that middleman reintroduced, that's fine and you, it's your prerogative, but a lot of people in the space actually don't want that. A lot of people in the space don't want tech support by design because they don't want a middleman between them and their assets. Well, that's so you, you just have to really recognize where you are in that process and, and, and make sure that you're not jumping into something you don't recognize, you well, don't understand. I know where I'm at in the process. I'm in about kindergarten right now. I think I went through pre-K. But um, Mark, in, in terms of the, the cryptocurrency types, like the, is cryptocurrency like the umbrella? Are there, you say Bitcoin is one type. Are there other, like, is, is there a ranking yeah, of them there, or uh, in there, terms there, of how common <laughs> or popular they are? Yeah, as, uh, so basically there are, could be thousands, right, of, of, of different cryptocurrency. And so you really kind of, from a, um, a risk mitigation standpoint, you want to be with the biggest players, right? Because you don't want to be in a situation where you're in a, in a liquid coin, which means you can't get your money back out when you want to. So the, the security is in the names that you've heard a lot in the media, um, you know, uh, the Bitcoins, the Ethereums, the Dogecoins, all, all these different coins where people are, are talking about it a lot because really... Um, when you're creating a currency from nothing, you need to be you need to have community buy-in that there is intrinsic value in what you're holding. Once you have a community that doesn't want to hold the coins anymore, you're in a you're in a, you're in a sinking ship, right? And it's like whoever's the first one out is is the winner. So, you know, I think when you see companies like Tesla say they're going to accept cryptocurrency for their cars, when you see the Dallas Mavericks say that they're going to take uh, cryptocurrency to have seats to the game or concessions. That's community buy-in, and that is, in essence, creating a little bit of stability for your coin. Um, I'm one of the largest wealth management firms in the country, and we now are talking about crypto to our high net worth individuals for the first time in history this year. That's how new this is all becoming and how early people are in the process. So just because you see a cryptocurrency at all-time highs, that doesn't mean it won't get higher. There's very few Americans that actually have crypto in their own personal portfolios. So there's a huge opportunity there as adoption becomes the new norm. But and like so, how much is how much is like one how much how much does one bitcoin cost? Like if if you want to buy one bitcoin. Well, the much, great thing about it the great thing about it is it trades 24 hours a day, right? So if I gave you the answer today, it could have changed in the last 5 minutes. But it's around $60,000 a coin right now in bitcoin and you have people who bought in at $100, a few hundred dollars. That's why you're having 20-year-olds that are worth $50 million walking around. And you're like, how in the world did they do that? It's because they heard about it first, right? Just like, yeah. you know, you know, young people heard about Instagram first and TikTok and we're in old right, folks. Like, stuff what is, what is that? Like My, Michael, what, what about Piggybacking on what Mark said there, I, I just throw out there that um, while the, the, the price fluctuates dramatically and it's $60,000 a pop right now, 
unlike a dollar, which can only be divided into 100 pieces, hence the, the, the penny being worth one hundredth of a dollar, um, Bitcoin can be divided into, uh, I, I think it's a dozen different decimals. So it can go down to a billionth and a trillionth of a, of a piece. So you can actually buy a dollar worth of Bitcoin. You don't have to buy an entire Bitcoin. I mean, is there still like a little bit of a stigma about this? Because, you know, there, there were people that were using the using cryptocurrency on the dark web to do, you know, to, to buy drugs or run guns, to do like all kinds of for illegal activities. Is, is there still a bit of a social stigma on it? Do you think or no? I mean, as once you have Elon Musk talking about it, the stigma kind of lifts, <laughs> lifts away for better or worse. Um, I mean, the whole the whole thing about crypto is that it's decentralized. It doesn't um, fall prey to inflation. Like it, it, it really is an open market. And like it, you, you can make your fortune or you can break your fortune, just like the stock market. And like there are over um, there are over uh, seven thousand um forms of crypto right now like and as michael said i could make a crypto and the point of the matter is to uh build confidence and get people to invest and buy in that crypto because basically what you're what crypto is doing is that you are basically taking a worthless unit um getting people to see the use cases of it the you and buy into it and that's what builds the worth and as more people buy into it that's how the value goes the value up. continues to go up yeah. well we're hearing also about nfts we're seeing artists we're seeing hip hop artists, all types of musicians, athletes, a lot of people getting into these NFTs. When we're going to come back, we're going to find out what is an NFT and where does it live? Where where does it exist? That's when we come back. This is Street Soldiers. Don't go away. Yeah, yeah. What up, what up, what up? This is Styles P, the Ghost, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 97. Yeah, Ghost told you so. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. We're talking about cryptocurrency and NFTs, breaking it all down for you with an amazing panel. Joining me is Cherie L. Smith. She's the editor-in-chief of Laptop Magazine. Cherie, great to have you with us. Pleasure to be here, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also with us is Michael Del Castillo. He's the senior editor of Forbes. Michael, great to have you with us. Good to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much. And also joining us is Mark C. Smith. He's a senior vice president of investments with Wells Fargo Advisors. Mark, thank you so much for being with us. Hey, thanks, Lisa. And, and thank all of you for being with us from your various locations. Cherie in Brooklyn, uh, Michael in Nairobi, Mark in the Bahamas, and it just shows you how international everything is right now. Let's talk about NFTs because we've been hearing a lot of different artists um, creating these NFTs, all sorts of people from a lot of different fields to be quite frank. Michael, what are NFTs? Thanks for asking that. Um, it's actually one of my favorite questions to answer because I think it's so important and it lets you really get to the heart of what blockchain technology is. So um, I, blockchain technology is the, the distributed ledger technology that exists underneath these cryptocurrencies and other digital assets um, that allows a digital object to accrue value without a middleman, which is was a, a hugely important breakthrough, not only technologically, but historically. So what I like to, the, the simple way that I like to explain blockchain is it's the ability to prove that a digital object exists only in one place at a time. That seems very simple, but if you keep in mind the, the old fashioned command C, command V, copy paste, in the digital world online, it's historically been so easy to copy anything 
that those objects haven't been able to accrue value. Right. You think about sharing a picture on Twitter or copying a picture onto Facebook. Uh, you can copy it forever, and there's no record of where the original was. Blockchain lets you prove that an image or any digital object, this could be a sound file, an asset like Bitcoin, uh, a stock, uh, is only in one place at a time. And that lets it accrue value. And that's an important uh, accomplishment in the history of the internet, because once we can prove that a digital object only exists in one place at a time, we can, we can sell it. That's it can be a already event. happening with artwork and all kinds of other digital items. So it's basically a digital equivalent of like with, with a, a piece of fine art, like a painting or a piece of sculpture, there would be a provenance. You would buy it from a reputable dealer. There would be, okay, this is where it was. This is who owned it from such and such a time. So you're saying that can now be done digitally. A hundred percent. In fact, I was just interviewing a company in China um, that calls their blockchain the Imperial Seal. And this goes back to the idea literally of when the emperor would give his stamp of approval on an object and that made it official. So these, these distributed ledgers are basically replacing that old idea of an individual in, or an, a company or a bank or a government needing to put their stamp of approval on something. Instead, it's, it's mathematics and electricity that are putting their stamp on that thing. And we can now prove the veracity of something without a middleman. Sheree, what about what about this, the, these NFTs in terms, in terms of the security around them, the popularity? They're all over social media. They are, and I, I like them, um, especially when it, when it comes to artists because um, it takes out the middleman. So a lot of, especially like if you are a painter or you're, you're some type of sculptor, um, typically you have to go through an art gallery to get your work dis right. displayed. Like, and if it's sold, you have to cut in the, um, the art gallery. This way, um, it's just a one-to-one -one interaction, uh, the artist and the seller um, and the buyer and they uh, and you get the original work and you are the only person with that original work um, security wise like it since it's using blockchain is very secure um, and it, it, like we're seeing a lot of big brands um, cash in um, Disney has NFT um, WWE uh, anything that you can make um, a, a collector's item for now there's going to be an NFT for which I think is really cool Mark, in terms yeah, of the like NFTs, is, is it mostly like a mass market appeal or are, are you seeing things on the high end too? Well, I think that NFTs has a huge uh, play in the metaverse, right? I don't know if anyone has an Oculus here, um, but I recently got an Oculus last Christmas and you can see that the applications for NFTs are kind of limitless. When you're thinking about creating a completely 3D uh, world or, or, or something that's um, augmented reality, um, NFTs become even more valuable because as people spend more and more time in these digital settings, you, you're going to have um, a value placed on what they're seeing in this new, you know, digital, you know, uh, you know, metaverse, right? So that in essence makes everything more valuable. So if you have a pair of Jordans in the metaverse that, you know, hundreds of thousands of people are seeing you in virtual reality walking around with, isn't that more valuable than having a pair of Jordans in reality when you might not have seen anyone that day? 
So that's kind of, and you're seeing Nike, you know, in the last couple of weeks say that this is a, a huge opportunity for us. And we're going to go ahead and copyright everything Nike that we possibly have ever done, but we're going to do it in a digital setting so that if anyone's wearing Nikes in the metaverse, Nike's getting a cut on it. And so you're seeing that there's a huge op um, applications for this when you're thinking about people because of the pandemic, realizing that I want to be social. I may not have the time to go out and do it in person, but I can put on these goggles and um, now artwork that I would see walking around. In, in, in this virtual reality world, more and more eyeballs are looking at it and wanting it and seeing that there's a value to it. That's kind of where the opportunity lies. Michael, what, what do, when we talk metaverse, what exactly do we mean? Uh, I like to think of it just, as an interactive a layer, uh, an, an, an interactive visual layer of the internet. Um, so in, instead of having a website uh, that you go to to learn about a company, um, you can kind of, to a degree, you once again reintroduce the idea of a place. Um, but instead of walking down the street in your neighborhood to go to your favorite shoe store, um, you would log in just like you go onto an internet, on, onto the internet. Uh, but instead of typing in a URL, you would maybe log into your avatar and just like on a video game, control that avatar across a virtual landscape towards a virtual store. You could go inside and have an immersive experience. Uh, you still learn about the company that you visit. You still learn about the, the virtual home of the person that you visit. Um, you might even still learn about digital cultures that you visit. Uh, but instead of Googling on a search engine and going to a URL, you're going to be able to maneuver a, a physical character, or I should say a, a digital character like your representing your physical self. Cherie, what about, the, 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 I'm sure you've, you've been involved in a lot of this stuff and seen a lot of these devi devices that help you do this too. What's your take on this? I mean, basically, if you are a gamer, you're very familiar with this, especially right. if you play an MMO, um, um, massively multi, uh, um, uh, online multiplayer game. Um, most games nowadays have their in-game currency that you actually have to pay real cash for to get this in-game currency. So if right. you've done that, you kind of know what crypto is. This is just uh, bigger stakes, whereas in, if I'm playing Skyrim or if I'm playing Final Fantasy fourteen or uh, whatever I'm playing, like that money kind of stays there and it only it means that I can buy this, uh, I can buy a pet or I can trick out my outfit. In the metaverse, that means that <laughs> now you're bringing NFTs and you're bringing in crypto in and now this can actually affect your real life you can literally like the way that some people are walking around in gta online um as multi-millionaires you can do that in real life but in a but be in a virtual world so if you've get if you've played a game if you've done uh a vr ar of in, of any sort you kind of are familiar with what the what the promise of crypto can do if I could piggyback on what Sheree said there, uh, I, I think that's the, a perfect example, actually. Um, and it lets it lets you illustrate uh, one of the major differences between the, what we talk about in the future instances of the metaverse and these very immersive video games, which is, for example, when, uh, uh, when a company like Epic Games creates a cryptocurrency like V-Bucks for Fortnite, Epic Games has the keys to that cryptocurrency. They can create, or, or to that digital currency, I should say. They can create as much of it as they want, and you have to trust them that when you wake up in the morning, that that is still going to be in your account. Mm -hmm. In these metaverses, 
you're not using a currency that was created by a central authority. You're using a currency that was created by a shared computer system. And that lets you actually export value. And I think that's what Sheree was talking about is that if let's say that you uh, create a work of art in the metaverse and you sell it for a digital currency in that metaverse, you can then take that currency, go to the grocery store and buy food with it. And that's something that you weren't able to do with Fortnite and with these old immersive video games, but you will be able to do in the new metaverse. And then Mark, in, ter in terms of the, the NFT stands for non-fungible token, right? Correct. And then what, exa what exactly is that? Is that the, that's the unit of value? Yeah, basically going back to blockchain, you're, you're, you're putting the blockchain technology on an essentially like a JPEG, an image, a video. And so you're able to ha have a quantifiable value to that because it can't be replicated. That's where the value is. And what's really interesting for artists hip hop artists, and you're seeing artists take advantage more of uh, NFTs recently is because they can, they have always been creative of amazing content. And, and a lot of people have said they haven't gotten compensated what they should be. Right. This allows NFTs to create a place and a platform for artists now to control their own creativity, put it right out uh, um, by themselves without getting a record labor involved or a major, um, uh, anyone that's gonna dip into their pockets. And now that has value and, is, and is, as it increases in value, as that person increases in stature, then the, their NFT is worth more and more money. And the artist actually can eat 10, 20% historically on the upside of the NFT, which is really phenomenal for content creators, right? And for anyone who is in the creative arts, um, because now you are finally able to cut out the middleman and go right to the public and say, listen, I've created this, this NFT, it can't be replicated and I'm gonna get a piece of it as it goes up and it's, and it's um, value. Look at a Basquiat, for example. If you've got a right. Basquiat, you know, um, and it's on set, uh, you probably paid $10,000, $20,000 max. Now you get, you're selling Basquiat at Christie's going for $30 million, right? That's, a, that's just a piece of art that people over time have said, you know what? It's not worth 10,000 anymore. It's worth 250, now 2 million, now 40 million. So that's the application and where the opportunity is in the NFC space. All right, we're going to take a short break. This is Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. We'll be right back. Yo, what up? This your homie Ace Hood, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real poly tricks, and real people only on Hot 97. Welcome back to this episode of Street Soldiers on cryptocurrency and NFTs. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Joining us, Cherie L. Smith. She's the editor-in-chief of Laptop Magazine. Cherie, great to have you with us. Pleasure to be here, Lisa. Thank you so much. Also with us. From Nairobi, joining us from Nairobi, Michael Del Castillo, senior editor at Forbes. Michael, thanks so much for being with us. Good to be here. Thank you. We appreciate it. And joining us from the Bahamas, Mark C. Smith. He's the senior vice president of investments at Wells Fargo Advisors. Mark, thanks so much for being with us. Thank you, Lisa. Mark, the in terms of people feeling uneasy, some people are still very uneasy about buying you know, shares of stock. They would rather get things that they can see and that they can hold and that they can you know, lock up or, or whatever. What kinds of risks are there with this cryptocurrency? Yeah, so the, you know, risk pretty much, a lot of people just think about principal risk, which is what my value is worth today, what it will be worth tomorrow, that's principal risk. But there is also something called geopolitical risk. And that is the risk that comes with um, a government deciding whether your investment is in favor or not. And the big geopolitical um, issue right now with crypto in the US is there's no legislation behind how, behind how we look at this. Um, if all of a sudden you started to see 
on either side of the aisle that there was starting to be a neg negative sentiment around crypto, how if it was un-American. And then you get start getting bipartisan support for it being un-American. And because China, we just saw, they don't, they don't have a democracy. They're, so they said overnight, we're not allowing our citizens to use it anymore. Can you imagine if that happened in the US? What would that do to the price of all the cryptocurrencies that are currently? So that's the major risk. Um, but the major potential reward is everyone starts to adopt this um, wide, uh, widely, and uh, and now you were at the beginning of it rather than at the tail of it. Should we? What, what about that? What about the uh, the per, the perception of it too? Because we we heard of a couple, you know, elected officials who said, "Well, when I come into office, I'm going to have my first paycheck in Bitcoin." I mean, but I don't know. I don't know if they should have said it that way because the, the, now that I know Bitcoin is about what sixty thousand dollars. That's quite a first paycheck. Anyway, what what about what about that? Like that that trust factor and that perception factor. Um, I think it's incredible that so many people are uh, relying on a decentralized system since uh, the American dollar is like set in stone. So I think it's amazing that uh, this system is being um, adopted. I'm hoping that it'll stay that way. But um, as Mark said, like anything can happen. Like. Uh, depending on how uh the world structure is going like if let's say there's a war a war breaks out all of a sudden now crypto is like all right crypto's outlawed like uh we found that it has ties certain companies have ties to an enemy country and they could be spying on you now all your money is gone um so there there th there are those things to worry about and then there are more mundane things to be concerned about with crypto and that is as always the scam there is always going to be a nigerian prince somewhere that needs some money that, that needs you to wire something and you need to give them your contact info there's always going to be uh someone saying like oh my god your 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 city bank account is going to be turned off we need like you have to be very careful of uh, who's sending um, you information when it comes to your NFTs, your crypto, and you also have to be very vigilant on not sharing information. And if you're use, investing in a new type of crypto, because crypto, uh, crypto is born every minute almost. Wow. You need to really ex examine who the person is or company or whoever it is that's making this crypto and make sure that they're not going to do a pump and dump where they sit there and they get all this hype around it. And then when people put in their money, they're like, thanks guys. And they run off and there's no, all, all their, all your money is gone. Like uh, there, there are plenty of stories of investors just running off and, they, and since uh no one knows who they are because there's some amalgamous face on the internet uh it's basically it's, it's kind of hard to track well, down. no i think that that's the whole thing michael because it, it, you know you look for warnings the, the the securities and exchange commission they have a whole page of warnings for people with around cryptocurrency and and that type of thing you were reported on many of the big players and big name players who've made millions and millions of dollars just to sum up, what would you say is the upside and what would you say is the downside? Well, that's a tough one. Uh, the upside is uh, infinite. Um, the the, the money, bottom side is everything. Right? The, yeah, the, the, the bottom side is everything that you invest. Um, the max that you can lose is what you invest. Um, the max that you can win is billions of dollars. Um, but I think that, you know, the takeaway there is you should only invest what you can afford to lose. 
um, because you could lose it all. And there's a lot of ways that you could lose it all. You could lose it all uh, because as Cherie said, some scammer uh, uh, didn't offer what they promised and you didn't do your due diligence and they walk away with your money. Um, uh, maybe somebody did their job great and some third party hackers came and, and found a vulnerability and stole it. Or maybe the technology was secure and no one hacked it and you made a bad investment and it goes from $30 to zero. So there's a lot of ways you can lose your money. And I think the, 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 the bottom line is that you should, only invest, you, can, you should only invest what you can afford to lose and you should do your due diligence. Follow Warren Buffett's advice. Don't invest in what you don't understand. Um, and if there's a get oh, rich wow. quick scheme out there, take a breath, do some Google searching, read some articles from trusted news sources right? and go from there. Like the ones on our show. Mark, fi final word to people who can't uh, aren't in the league where they can afford an advisor like you. Yeah, I would just say just get into the market and try to invest not only in crypto. Remember that I wouldn't take a huge part of your portfolio, maybe 10% of everything you wanted to invest, maybe look into crypto, right? But I think that when you're looking at the stock market with individual stocks, which is what my world is, um, just getting in and, and just opening an account on one of these uh, discount brokers firms, or right now it's actually you know free trading, right? So you can go on open an account, start with $100 and start buying into indexes, right? You don't have to do any homework with an index fund. Um, and then as you get more and more proficient, buy individual stocks. But I think the most important thing is get involved. Um, this is, there's no better time than the present. And always remember that you can dollar cost average, which is every pay period, you put $20 in the, in the, in the market, $40 in the market, whatever you could afford, and you'll start to see growth over time. It's not a get rich quick scheme, uh, scheme. It's it's called investing. And so you invest in it just like you invest in a business or in yourself. You take you do it over time. You do it methodically, and you make it like a, a habit, like in anything else in life that you want to achieve. That, that's that's good and that builds. Well, this is fantastic. I want to thank all of you for being with us uh, for this episode of Street Soldiers. Cherie L. Smith, editor in chief, Laptop Magazine. Great to have you with us as always. Thank you. Thank you so um, much, Lisa. Thank you, Michael Del Castillo. Thank you so much for being with us, senior editor at Forbes. Congratulations on the new position, by the way. We and we appreciate Thank you being you. with us. And Mark C. Smith, senior vice president for investments at Wells Fargo Advisors. Mark, thank you so much for joining us and uh, helping us understand all this. We appreciate it. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you, and thank you for joining us for this episode of Street Soldiers. I'm Lisa Evers. Remember, use your mind; it's your best weapon. Let's push for peace, love, and justice for all. <laughs>